Welcome, everyone. Today, we are here for a special episode with Dean Mazio. We're going to talk about academics at Kellogg, and we're here with Gabrielle, of course. So I think just to kick it off, if you... Uh, is it really going to be more special than other episodes? <laughs> um, all episodes are special, all but... Uh, yeah, okay. we, we, wanna... can, we can always cut the word special out. <laughs> <laughs> we want to make our guests feel special, so okay. welcome, Dean Mazio. Right. They're, all, they're all special. So so if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, just a quick intro, and then we can go into a couple more questions. Yeah, that sounds good. And thanks for having me on the podcast. This is uh, this is an honor. I have, of course, been at Kellogg for quite a while now, 22 years. I started here on the faculty in 1998. The way I got here was kind of, you know, the, the standard way that new faculty get hired at Kellogg. I got a PhD uh, in economics, and my research had a very applied uh, orientation to it. And so when I was ready to kind of go on the job market and look for jobs in academia, there was a lot of interest in my application from business schools. I interviewed at uh, several schools and Kellogg was kind of the best offer that I got and I was thrilled to become part of the faculty. Wow. I've been at Kellogg's ever since. We have a lot of faculty who have been at other schools and I'm one of the ones who have it. I'm really committed to the school. And of course, the area of my research is in what we call industrial organization economics. So it's the study of firms and markets up until I really started in the dean's office. My primary teaching was in the core class management for, uh, strategy 431 that uh, students take in their first quarter. And I really, really loved teaching that class, just having first year students and all the excitement about being a new Kellogg They student. are more excited. They look more excited <laughs> than, than we do. <laughs> <laughs> well, last year I taught an elective course in the second half of spring quarter. And oh. The students are also excited, not it's, about necessarily the same things that they're excited about in the very first quarter. It's folks on difference. Yeah. <laughs> Shifting to the academics at Kellogg as they pertain to all of us, the students, how would you describe like the overall goal of the academic offerings at Kellogg? What do you hope to achieve in terms of like a delta between when we walk in here in that first quarter when we're really excited and when we're leaving um, for Gabrielle and I for a couple of months from yeah. now? A bunch of things. I think professional development, this is a professional school. Our curriculum and the way that we deliver it has at its core this expectation that students will learn things that are useful for them to be successful in their professional endeavors. That is different from other kinds of schools. It's different, obviously, from getting a PhD. It's different from what you were doing in undergrad in a lot of ways, because there's some sort of general smartness that is more kind of connected with with those different kinds of educations. That having been said, I think a business degree is different from, say, a medical degree or a law degree because the professions are less defined in a business degree than it would be in the other professional standards. Just think about the fact that if you get a medical degree or if you get a law degree, there are professional tests and standards that you have to pass after you get the degree. So in a way, I mean, not completely, but in a way, law school is training you so you can pass the bar, right? pass another test so that you can be a specific profession. Same thing with medical 
people going into business school, there's just such a wide variety of occupations that people go into. And as a consequence, there needs to be two things. There needs to be more variety in the kinds of topics and learning that students are exposed to, because part of what we want to do is get you ready for specific roles you might take. But because there's so many different roles that you may take, business school, and we emphasize this here at Kellogg, business school is about more than just training for a job. It's about creating your ability to think critically, to do any profession that you might be in. So I was um, hosting this Lavin Burnick chat with an alum named Maria Thomas. And Maria graduated in 1992. She started out in finance. She's been a CEO, very interesting, varied career. But the last 15 or 20 years of her career has all been in the internet space. When she was in business school, the internet Mm -hmm. didn't exist. Mm -hmm. But What she learned at Kellogg enabled her to be an internet company CEO. She had been the CEO of uh, Etsy for several years. I wanted to bottle her up and take her into all my classes, right? Because what we're trying to do at Kellogg is teach you critical thinking skills, teach you pattern recognition and analogy building, and just kind of build those muscles so that no matter what challenges that you face or how industries evolve or how things get disruptive, you're going to be able to be effective. We can't predict how it's going to roll in terms of what kinds of companies that you're going to be in over the next 30 years. I'm curious because the, this alum says what she learned at Kellogg. When I think about what I am learning at Kellogg, academics, while it's very important part, is one part. The entire uh, business school experience is training me to do all of these things, the critical thinking, the analogy building, the relationship building also from networking to friendships to relationships to that. There's so many ways in which business school and Kellogg in particular, I feel I learned from it. Academics is one of these niches. Yeah. And in so in that sense, from my understanding, it's that you're trying to make this broad enough so that it covers this wide variety of professions. But at the same time, you want it to be solid enough so that those skills actually come from the classes themselves. Or is it the classes that complement other parts of business school? I think it's I think it's a little bit of both. In a business degree, there's a lot of elements of it that need to be more holistic And, you know, from my perspective, the more that we can generate complementarities between what you learn in the classroom and your experience outside the classroom, and the more integrated that we can think about that being, the better the experience will be in terms of preparing you for for future success. Kind of going back to different areas of development that complement each other and, you know, that, that change us as we move forward. On the academic side, what are the incentives that students have to focus on that? I say that with this in mind, there's a very common saying around the hub, grades don't matter. <laughs> check plus, check plus, <laughs> check plus, plus, plus. <laughs> So on that note, it's like, yes, what you said about acquiring the skills through class that are critical thinking and analytical abilities to be able to perform well in a variety of environments. That's 100% true in practice or in implementation with students. I feel like we don't feel super incentivized to spend too much time on that. Yeah. 
It's an investment. I would say that it's a costly investment, opportunity cost Mm -hmm. in terms of the biggest cost. And the returns for this investment are going to not be short-term returns. They're going to be long-term returns. But I now have had students who have been in the workforce for up to 20 years have been successful. One of the things that I can say to students with a degree of evidence is that yeah, it helps if you understand, if you've learned, and if you've practiced. The other things matter too. The kind of stuff that that you talk about matters. And so my advice to students is always to think really, really carefully and be really, really intentional about how you spend your time. It is this gift that you're never going to really get again, where you have so much time to focus on your own professional development and invest. I think one thing students could do more of is think about the less is more potential of how they navigate through the the curriculum. There is value in the depth of what you might be learning in individual courses that if you're taking four or five classes in a quarter, you're not going to be able to experience. You're only going to be able to experience you know, some of that richness if you're organizing your time in such a way that you have a reality about what else is going on. And so there's lots of times where students can actually learn more and make a more rewarding investment if instead of taking five classes and not devoting that much time to each one of them, take three classes. And really be intentional. What are the three classes this quarter that I want to do because I think they're going to be valuable? I can really dive in. Can I push back a little bit on that point? What if one or two of those three classes that you end up choosing, and I'm not going to go into the bidding system that you cannot add more, but if one of two or two of those classes are are not rewarding for, for you and not because you're not putting in the time, but sometimes, and this is both personal but shared opinion sometimes, the feedback you receive on some assignments or the grading systems... And it's not grades don't matter. It's just a recognition yeah. of your yeah. performance. One or two of those three classes end up being a flunk like that. Just yeah. or didn't feed. You didn't like the topic. Then your quarter suddenly is uh, empty in a way. And that's how I felt about some of the classes. Obviously, there's huge variation. There's been yeah. amazing classes yeah. that I put all the time, and I have to recognize that there are some classes that I haven't put in the time enough yeah. to. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that's a. There's two. There's two approaches you could take. One approach is. Well, I'm going to take five classes and three of them will be great. I'll dive into those three. And then the other two, well, they don't really click for me. And so I'll just do the bare minimum. And you know, you're achieving basically what I've said. Another approach, and I've seen students who really do this, is you know they know just about everything about the class because they've done a ton of research beforehand so that they have a greater degree of certainty that it is going to be something that's rewarding for them. I'm not saying you can do that perfectly all the time, but you know there's a lot of resources available to help you with that. And so this is what I said about being more intentional. Here's a fact. You know, we have the average ratings, but behind every average of a course rating is a distribution. And I have yet to find a class that even if it has a low average, doesn't have one or two or three people who said it was a six out of six. And what that tells me is there's a lot of match-specific elements to courses where you need to go out and see, is this a good fit for me given what I need, 
given what the syllabus is, given uh, the style of the professor. The other thing I'd say is I think Kellogg students could do more to take advantage of general openness of the faculty to have discussions, to have relationships. Now, I have exams that I'm grading, and I have a choice, right? I could give an equal amount of effort to feedback on every exam. I've done this in the past, put them out there at the secretary's office to be picked up. And then I go back three weeks later, 55 of them are still in the pile. I think about how many hours it took me to grade those 55 exams. And so I've taken on more of a perspective of I'm going to give it a grade. I'm going to put out a solution set. And I'm happy to spend time with anyone who wants to come in my office and talk about it. It is like a lot of things. Get out of it what you put into it. That's that's the nice thing about teaching adults, frankly, because I don't think undergrads really necessarily get that in terms of their education everything you said was really true i think just when when i think of it it's the the quality of the education and the quality of like how the professors can engage in a discussion about different concepts is incredible the structure of incentives for students to pursue it at that high level i think is lacking where we come in and whether you put in five hours of work for a single assignment or you put in two hours of work, you're either going to get a, or or, or even 30 minutes of work, you'll get an A or a B. And so that's how I feel like where it's so much of an opt-in culture in terms of, like you said, we are all adults. And I think that's important. At the end of the day, it is our decision. If we want those long-term gains in terms of developing a very deep understanding of these concepts and being able to apply them for decades onwards, that's our decision. But I'm just thinking to the strategy org class that both of us are taking where we learn about how companies incentivize people and how you incentivize them to work harder or not do the wrong things or i just think within like the context of academics the first quarter super incentivized why is it incentivized the first quarter because then you learn the system then you learn the system you don't realize that and you and you see across your four core classes that i put in variable amount of time into all of them and i gotta be in all of them yeah why like if it's even even in A, it's like, for me, it's it's more like you learn the system. And as much as I would like to say that I would love to be a long-term rational economic thinker, it's like, okay, I put in the recruiting work. I got the internship offer and the full-time offer. Now... There's some classes that I really enjoy, but me putting a lot of effort into them, the only tangible difference is going to be between an A and a B, and my starting salary is going to be the same. So it's like, it's, I fully agree on the fact that if I want to pursue it, I could get a world-class instruction in anything yeah. related to because teachers are super available they're, they're incredible and, and like they like you said they're very willing to engage with us and talk to us and deep dive into whatever we want to discuss do i think the structure is in place for me to do all that no yeah yeah. And and it's impossible to prove if you are paying attention in your Stratton or in class, you're <laughs> learning that effective incentives need to be delivered close to the time when the effort is expended. Otherwise, yeah. they lose their power, right? Mm-hmm. We call low power incentives versus high power incentives. And the incentive that I discussed earlier, your long-term earning potential is going to be affected by you know, your level of critical thinking and understanding. It is 
is, it's a long way to go. Where do you see the biggest area of improvement coming from academics? Where would you say is your next big challenge as an academics department? So I think that what our students need more of for the future is around technical capabilities, ability with data and technology. And that's going to be true of every job in every industry. And, you know, there are probably some ways you can opt out of it if you look at certain sectors. But I think that technical and data capabilities are only going to continue to It happens to be an area where Kellogg is really well poised to make a strong impact because we have a lot of really sophisticated analytics folks on our faculty, and some of them are outstanding teachers. So we have the ability to bring that into the curriculum. It's going to be challenging for students, right, because it will require you know, more effort and more time. Yeah, I think um, if you have like a, a word of advice for outgoing second years that we're about... Uh, Now that we've to, wasted all the opportunities. You have one more chance. We have one more chance. all your trips. I'm a little bit ashamed to say that I've slept on average more than any time in my life. So it's a little bit weird. But we did a podcast, you're, you know? You're well rested. Thank you. for the man. <laughs> or woman. So, So what, what do we know? We know that this job that you worked so hard to get and you put so much effort in trying to get, you're going to stay at that job for an average of less than two years. So as you're, you have one more chance to select some courses and you've got one more chance to, well, you've got a whole half a quarter this quarter too, but, yeah. but it's not over yet. So <laughs> think about what is your life going to be and what kind of skills and capabilities will you want to hone and, and perfect and, and work on for not just this job, but the next job and the next job and kind of work in general. You know, it's hard to say that before people have a job, like, because you want students to work hard to get their job, but you're just very beginning of your careers and there's so much more that you will do and places that you will go that avoid the myopia of just thinking okay i'm done with this this education is about getting uh my first job deepak jain who is the dean earlier in my career uh lamented once um i heard him say i'm not the dean of an employment agency i'm the dean of a school it is a professional degree but we want you to think about your career And how can right, this last piece of your education work into that entire career, not just about the job? So that would be my, it's a little bit obscure. It's not like very <laughs> tactical, but no, it's I great. think that's something to think. Thank you so much. Yeah, my this pleasure. Was this was fun. Thanks so much. All right, Thank thanks. <laughs> awesome. Oh, and um, we'll be doing a live episode some, sometime. <laughs> we'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> We were told we were told to plug it. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we can plug it.